The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, an overview of the upcoming National Convention of the American Council of the Blind. But ACB Reports for June 2008 begins with this front page news story. On Tuesday, May 20th, a federal appeals court in Washington, D.C. ruled that the United States Treasury Department discriminates because it has failed to design and issue paper currency that is readily distinguishable by people who are blind. By a two-to-one vote, the court upheld a ruling by U.S. District Judge James Robertson in a lawsuit filed by the American Council of the Blind against the United States Treasury Department. ACB accused the department and Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson of violating the Rehabilitation Act, which was meant to ensure that people with disabilities can live independently and fully participate in society. The appeals court rejected the Treasury Department's argument that making currency accessible would impose an undue burden on the government and sent the case back to Judge Robertson to address the group's request for relief. Mitch Pomerantz, president of the American Council of the Blind, stated, This is a tremendous victory for ACB and for every blind and visually impaired person living in the United States today and in the future. We hope that the Treasury Department will now sit down with us to come up with a mutually satisfactory way of making our currency accessible. Over 180 nations currently have some sort of accessibility built into their currency. Currencies used by countries such as Canada, Australia, Japan, England, and even the Euro have accessibility features. The U.S. is rather unique in that it is one of a very few industrialized nations that has resisted including shape, size, texture, or meaningful color contrast in its banknotes, said Melanie Brunson, executive director of the American Council of the Blind. The American Council of the Blind is the largest consumer-based organization of blind and visually impaired Americans, and it advocates for the rights of blind citizens. Comprised of more than 70 affiliates across the United States, ACB is dedicated to making it possible for blind and visually impaired Americans to participate fully in every aspect of American society. For more information about the American Council of the Blind and the issues it supports, visit www.acb.org or call toll-free 800-424-8666. You're listening to ACB Reports. Now let's turn to the ACB National Convention. The 47th Annual Convention of the American Council of the Blind will be held in Louisville, Kentucky. ACB Convention Committee Chairman Carla Rushville recently appeared on the Marlena Show, heard each Sunday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on acbradio.org. ACB Reports now brings you Marlena's conversation with Carla Rushville. The program has been edited for use on ACB Reports. What are the dates of the convention this year? The first activities will take place on Friday, July 4th, and that will be a couple of tours. Registration actually opens for the convenience of people going on tours on Thursday, July 3 at 6 p.m. And then uh, the convention gets underway on the 5th with a lot of workshops and uh, more tours, more activities and then runs all the way through to the last gasp on July 12th. 
give us a little bit of a, a rundown of where the convention is, what is the hotel like, what do we need to do to reserve rooms, etc. The convention is at the Galt House Hotel, which has been the site of two of the three previous conventions that ACB has held here in Louisville. The Galt House is two towers joined on the third floor by what used to be a pedway. What used to be called the West Tower is now called Review, R-I-V, as in Victor, R-I-V-U-E. And that tower has all of the standard rooms in it, and it's 25 stories high. And on the top is one of those big, fancy rooftop restaurants. For those of you who were here in 1980 and 2000, you will remember that the restaurant on the second floor used to be called the River Grill. Mm -hmm. It is now called the Cafe Magnolia. What they've done is taken some of the meeting rooms that were on the second floor and create them into areas that the restaurant can open up to become larger. There's also a restaurant on the second floor that was there before called the Fountain Room, and it's open for lunch and um, just select times during the day. Did they still have my derby pie? Oh, Marlena, do you remember the big conversation you and I had <laughs> in 1980 over which was best? Cold derby pie or warm derby pie? I can't believe you remember that. Yes. (laughs) And then part of that conversation was, well, if you eat it warm, is it better with ice cream or whipped cream? (laughs) And I will tell all the listeners that what you have to do in order to help resolve this problem and issue and answer this question is to try it all four ways. That's right, because we've been trying to figure it out for 28 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and we still don't have an answer. On the west side, some of the big events will be there. The banquet, for example, will be there, the ACB auction. The Welcome to Kentucky Party, which is going to be a big derby party, like what we would do for a local derby party. Cool. Now, what's a derby party? Tell us. We we don't know what that is. Well, a derby party, you know, you play some different games and things. Anything that has to do with a horse, or if the game doesn't have anything to do with a horse, you make it. Has something to do with horse. I see. <laughs> we have horse races, and we're going to have a great DJ and lots of fun. I mean, it's going to be something for everybody. The DJ is bringing music that young people, uh, not so young people, and people who think they're young, <laughs> everybody will enjoy that party. It's going to be an absolutely great, fun way to start the convention week off. Over on the review side, the west side, the communication center will be over there. Some of the social events, as I said, many of the board meetings and so on will be there. All of that space, although it's now much more limited than it used to be, is going to be utilized on the west side. Moving on to the east side, or what is now called the Sweet Tower, we're going to get there by going through the Pedway up on the third floor. In 2000, it was just a Pedway between the two just a walkway to get from one side to the other without having to go down to the street and across. In the renovation, they greatly expanded it, and so now it has lots of seating area there. It has a 24-hour deli. Oh, cool. It has a bar, and it has a grand piano. Then when you get to the east side or the suite tower, all the rooms on that side are the one-bedroom suites. Also, that's where the presidential suite will be and the executive director suite. And a couple of the special interest groups will have suites there. And then the general session, the exhibits, the cafe, 
and registration will all be basically from uh, where two corridors come together and on down a hall there, and they'll be very, very close together. Then there will be a lot of breakouts on that side. Now, for those of you who were here in 2000, you'll remember that there was also an office tower with a little maze that you went back in to find rooms. We will be using some of those somewhat sparingly because they're just a little more difficult to get to. Not as difficult as they were in 2000. (laughs) Because what the Galt House has done is they took one room, and instead of a room, it's now a hall. And that hall leads back into the office tower There's a restaurant there at Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse. There's a little convenience store. There's a little coffee place. And most importantly, there are elevators that give you access up to the rooms that once required a huge, long walk to get to. So they've really made it a lot more convenient. The guide dog relief areas will be on both sides, at least one on the review side, and there will be one on the suite side. And then there's going to be a third one near general session. The only thing that I remember from 2000 that just made me shudder was that the guide dog relief area was in the garage. Well, there's one difference there, Marlena. We are going to need to use that parking tower again because that is what's available on that side of the hotel. However, remember that the difference is that we now contract with doodle scoopers to maintain the areas. So the maintenance of that area will be drastically different than it was in 2000. On the review side, the relief area is going to be on the second level. That will also have an area that is going to have a lot of grass. So there's going to be a variety of surfaces. And Sheila Siren, she's serving as a consultant to the committee on guide dog issues. She came in and looked at these, and she has chosen a combination of rooms right close to that parking garage area where GDUI will also be holding all its meetings. One of the little interesting things about rooms, you can tell what side of the hotel the room is on by what the room name is. If you see a room that is the name of a tree or a flower, it's in the review tower like walnut or maple or poplar, those are all on the review side. There are a lot of restaurants close to the hotel. You can easily walk to a number of restaurants. There's so many new things since 2000. For example, the Galleria was here in 2000, and there really wasn't a whole lot in it. By that time, things were moving out, and it's typical kind of downtown where it didn't have as much as it should have had. They tore the Galleria down for the most part, and they put in what's called now 4th Street Live. And 4th Street Live is an entertainment-type district, and it has lots and lots of restaurants and things going on, and it is about three or four blocks from the hotel. If you don't want to walk that far, there's a trolley that comes right up in front. It's going to be very, very convenient for a lot of things. Tours are even that way. We will have, for example, a special tour of the Muhammad Ali Museum, which is new. If you just go over there on a regular tour, it's pretty visual, but they are planning a special tour for ACB after closing time, and that is so close that it'll be probably a walking tour except for those people that just plain cannot do it. It's only about a block. 
And uh, Louisville Slugger is, of course, closed. There's a new place called Fraser Historical Museum. You can spend days in that place. They have medieval armor that you oh, can wow. touch. Oh. They have a Jamestown exhibit. They have all kinds of history, and they're going to do a program where they can pass things around for people to see. Even just under normal circumstances, their tours have a lot of audio in them, very much hands-on, so it's a wonderful place for visually impaired and blind people. Glassworks is a hand-blown glass (laughs) factory. (laughs) Say that three times after you've had derby pie. (laughs) Yes. It is also very close by. And, of course, you're not going to want to touch the glass because it's real hot and everything, but it's a very interesting place to go, and we're hoping to offer an option where people, if they wish, can decorate their own glass ornaments. Oh, that'd be cool. And they have just beautiful things. And if you don't do anything else, a trip to their gift shop. That's an experience. Let me just say that my guest tonight is Carla Rushevel, who is the chair of the ACB Convention Committee, and she's telling us all kinds of cool things to look forward to in Louisville. All righty, and we do have a call. Let's bring them on in. Hi there. You're with Carla and Marlena. Who's this? Mark Conohano from B-Flag. How are you guys? What other type of tours are we going to be doing? The tours I've talked about so far are in the downtown area. You could walk those from the hotel. We are also going to be offering a number of tours to the printing house. There will be two tours that will be museum only at the printing house. And then there will be several tours that will be a combination of the plant and the museum. We also are going to go to Maker's Mark Distillery in Bardstown on July 4th. Oh, that could be dangerous. (laughs) Oh, it will be fun. (laughs) We're also going to go to the Stephen Foster story, the musical drama in Bardstown on Friday night, the 4th. We'll be going to Churchill Downs for a day at the races. That's always popular. And that's going to be on the 5th. That includes a meal and lots of bedding and fun. Well, one other quick question I had about the hotel is it's on the Ohio River, right? Is there a lot of things to do there around there? Are there restaurants on there? or There are other restaurants around. There's also a big new waterfront park that's just great for walking and just enjoying the outdoors. You can also go down to the 2nd Street Bridge. The golf house is at 4th Street. You can go down to 2nd and you can walk across the bridge. There's a pedestrian walkway on the bridge. And you can walk over to Indiana. My guest is Carla Rushevel, and we're talking about the upcoming ACB National Convention. And we have another call. Let's bring them on in. Hi there. You're with Carla and Marlena. Who's this? Hi, Carla and Marlena. This is Frank from Albany. Hello, Frank hey, from Frank. Albany. What are the um, price ranges basically in the uh, hotel uh, restaurants? They're a little less than we've seen over the past two or three years. I'll give you an example. Most of the luncheons and banquets this year, the ticket prices are down. The ACB banquet, thanks to sponsorships and the menu items being far less expensive, is going to be $29. If you recall two years ago, the banquet ticket on the pre-registration form was $38. That is partially because we've obtained a lot of sponsorships, but it's also because the food prices in Louisville are generally less expensive. 
I wouldn't want to give you a cast in stone price, but you should be able to eat lunch for $10. I will tell you, too, the ACB Cafe prices, where we were paying 5 or $6 for a sandwich, is going to be 4 for a sandwich, two fifty for a hot dog. I'm not being picky, but are they going to bring this three dollar cans of soda prices down any, or do you, do you know? There'll be two. Well, they I'll, brought I'll, it I'll, down. I'll close by saying that <laughs> 2000 was my first ACB National Convention in Kentucky, one that I wasn't even supposed to be at, but I up and retired, and uh, mm-hmm. my wife was going, and I said, "Geez, can I still go?" And away I went to, to Louisville, and I'll tell you, it it was a lot of fun, and I'm really, Kathy and I, are really looking forward to it this year. Thanks a lot. Hi there. You're with Carla and Marlena. Who's this? Oh, hi, Marlena. This is Stacy Robinson. I'm very excited. This will be my first convention. All right. And, you know, Stacy, one thing you might want to look for is, what do we call it, Carla? Keys to convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not only for first-timers. Of course, that's a good way for them to get a good start at the convention and find out where things well, are and ask questions. Kids? But... For people that either haven't been to convention for a long time or have only been to one or two in the past, the keys to the convention seminars are great ways to get an introduction. And the one will be at 5 on Saturday the 5th, and the other one will be at 2 on Sunday the 6th, and it's being run by the ACB Membership Committee this year. Each morning beginning the 5th, running through Thursday the 10th, there will be a newspaper for the convention. So you can pick that up and find out like any changes or new activities. You can pick it up at information, which will be right beside registration this year at the same long desk. Or you can have it delivered to your door, but it's a fundraiser that the students do. It's available in Braille and large print. Or if you have a note taker, we will copy the files onto the note taker for you at registration. And then it will also be available via telephone on what's called a convention ear. I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to meeting you, and welcome to your first ACB convention. Let me tell you about some of the neat programming items, because I think that this year we have one of the most outstanding lineups of programs and seminars and informational sessions that we have ever had and speakers that are outstanding, and I want to just touch on a few of them. Let's take this call, and then we'll touch on those programs. Okay. Hi there. You're with Carla and Marlena. Who's this? It's Mitch, and I'm perfectly happy to let Carla plug some of the speakers. Oh, if I'd I'd known it was you, I would have kept you on hold for longer. I know you would have. (laughs) I had to call in because I did want to uh, tout some of the speakers, but I'll let Carla do that. I do want to to put a plug in because we already have our banquet speaker. It's only fitting that uh, we're in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's the 150th anniversary of the American Printing House of the Blind. Oh. And we are going to have as our banquet speaker none other than Tuck Tinsley. Oh, how cool. We're going to have two really great training sessions during afternoon time. Uh, Our Rehabilitation Issues Task Force is going to provide a training on uh, our rehab white paper and ACB's philosophy of rehabilitation. Do you uh, know what day that is, Mitch or Carla? Monday. Monday. And then um, the Transportation Committee, we're going to have a a workshop for folks uh, who want to be better advocates in their local communities both for fixed route and for paratransit services because 
You know, I work in the ADA arena, and I see firsthand how our folks really need to be more knowledgeable about uh, transportation. And so uh, Ron Brooks, who's the chair of that committee, has put together a really great program. Our international speaker is going to be a gentleman from Canada who's with an organization of blind Canadians up there. He's going to talk about their work. Uh, his name is John Ray. We have a woman who's been a friend of uh, mine for many years who is from the U.S., but is now and for the past five years or so been living and working in India oh. as a totally blind woman. And she's going to talk about living there and she covered the aftermath yeah. of the tsunami. That's Jean uh, Parker? Yes, it yes. is. Yes. We're going to, of course, uh, have uh, our talking book narrator, Mitzi Friedlander. Oh. She's making a return engagement, isn't she? Carl? Yes. Is her second yes. Time? yes. Uh, and I want to tell you about yeah. Mitzi just a little bit. A lot of times people do things like read or whatever, and they'll say, oh, I'm really so interested in blind people. But, you know, you see them outside the door of whatever the work environment is, and they don't know you. And I will tell you that about two weeks ago, we happened to be going uh, to the printing house for something, and we are in the parking lot, and this person says, oh, hey, hello, hello, and it was Mitzi Friedlander. And you just see her all kinds of places, and Mitzi truly is interested in and, and likes the people that she reads for. And we're doing a program on stem cell research to combat uh, eye diseases. We're going to talk about digital television. I think it's going to be a fantastic program. Thank you, Mr. President. So what about some of the rest of this program? The opening session is going to be really special because we're going to really get things off to a great start with Miss Kentucky 2001, a really, really talented person named Monica Harden. But the special thing about Monica is that her mom is a graduate of the Kentucky School for the Blind. Monica's story is inspirational and motivational, and everyone will want to be in that room to hear Monica. Well, we have another call before you go on with the rest of the program, okay. so let's bring them on in. Hi there, you're with Carla and Marlena. Who's this? Hi, Carla. Hi, Marlena. It's Mike. Oh, Hi. my gosh, the whole board's calling in. <laughs> Many of us are using the Victor Rita stream, and I was wondering if we were going to be able to download uh, a text version of the program to our Victor Rita stream when we arrived. The last few years, we have put the program up on the website prior to the convention, and we have every plan of doing that this year. You will also be able to, once again this year, stop by information and download into your note takers or your stream or whatever any file such as the newspaper or constitution and bylaw amendments, the delegate list or whatever, any file that is used for producing Braille and large print at the convention will be available for download from the information desk before noon each day. You've got the information access uh, activity planned, information 411. Absolutely. Information 411. We're going to have, we hope, 
samples of the analog to digital converter boxes that you will need if you want to receive television signals on your analog TV after February 17th of 2009. We're going to have that. Darren Burton from AFB is going to talk about what's going on with accessible MP3 players and where we are with cell phones and appliances. We're going to go from low-tech to high-tech because we know that not everybody is a techie. So that'll be on Saturday afternoon from 2 to 4. And then there's going to be three different quiet car demonstrations during the week. The first one is going to be on Sunday afternoon with the Environmental Access Committee presentations um, starting at 2 o'clock. There's going to be great employment and career-related workshops on Wednesday. AVL is doing some really great stuff that day in addition to Ivy and NABS and the ACB Employment Committee. And, of course, there will be lots of other programming as well. The special interest groups are just doing some wonderful programming also this year. The ACB convention is truly a convention for everyone. This is a great place to find out information, to get the keys to a lot of things that you will need in the future. The exhibit hall itself will be just packed with all kinds of ideas and information. The convention offers great opportunities for blind people, low vision people, people who are teachers or students or business people or lawyers, parents of blind children will find all kinds of resources, but also they will find wonderful activities for the kids. So you don't have to leave the kids at home. Just bring them right along. The Youth Activity Center that we kind of mentioned before, they have a full week of activities planned starting on Sunday afternoon with a pool party and sign up and the kids get t-shirts for the yak and each day there's things to do. They're going to do a lot of those tours I talked about, but they also are going to go out to Papa John's and see how the pizza dough is made. And, oh, I want to do that. Gonna, oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> and they're going, to, they're going to make pizzas. They're going to go to Holiday World, which is a theme park at Santa Claus, Indiana. They have all kinds of fun things planned. They're even going to have a special kids tour of APH. So whether your little one is truly little, three to five, and it's going to be in our new kids club, or they're going to be in the Mississippi Council of the Blind Sponsored Youth Activity Center, and they're six years old and up, teenagers, they will just have a wonderful time. Students, oh my, what a wonderful opportunity for students and all the great things that NABS has going on. There will be over 350 programs, activities, workshops, events, parties, fun, you name it, it's there. Y'all come. It's going to be fantastic. Lots of fun for everybody. On the review side, the standard rooms are $85 a night. On the suite side, they're $105 a night. That does not include tax. The tax is 15.01%, and that is all of the taxes, you know, rolled up into one, the hotel tax and everything. Mm -hmm. The suites have a refrigerator. It is a standard hotel refrigerator. It is not the large refrigerators that were there before. You can make reservations by calling 502-589-5200, 502-589-5200. The room rates, as I said before, on the review side, the standard rooms are $85 a night. In the suite side, they're 105 a night. You'll find that you'll be able to do convention. If you're coming on a shoestring, you can do that. If you're coming and you're going to really 
say, boy, this is going to be a phenomenal vacation, you can do that too. You've been listening to a conversation with American Council of the Blind Convention Committee Chairman Carla Rushable. This conversation originally aired on Marlena, a weekly talk show heard on acbradio.org on Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States. You can hear the entire conversation with Carla Rushville and other Marlena programs by going to the on-demand page at acbradio.org. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports. Connecting the blind community around the world, this is ACB Radio.